Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five toughest schedules of the Big 12. Suggested by Emery Winter. And by suggested, I mean he really strong-armed me into this. He, he came over, he like he muscled me up. It was not... It was not a pretty sight. You guys, I'm glad you didn't have to see that. You would have lost. It made you look really weak. Yeah. You would have lost a lot of respect for me. It's just, uh, I'll just, but I'm telling you about it, but it's not. Anyway, number five, TCU. Uh, This one, um, look, Dave, at Stanford, we don't know about Stanford, but, uh, you know, UCF with KJ Jefferson is going to be interesting. You know, throwing a non-con game at SMU rivalry at Kansas. Uh, Houston, we don't know about, but at Utah, Tech at home. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, Arizona, all on the schedule for TCU this year, the way it falls. That's um, a particularly, look, to me, tough run of coaches early on when you get Malzahn, then you get Rhett Lashley, then you get Lance Leipold, and then you get Willie Fritz before a bye, and then after the bye, uh, oh, let's see if we get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, no, it's Kyle Whittingham. So, like, um, Josh Neighbors was on Triple Option with me yesterday, and he made this point about looking at the schedule. He said, right now you can't really look at what the teams are going to be because we really have no idea, but if you want to look at the toughest stretches, who are the toughest stretches of coaches? And that, to me, is a pretty tough stretch of coaches. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, you, As you were naming them up, I'm like, okay, that's going to be done, and then no, and then you bring up Utah I, at the end hey, of all that. I look, and I didn't even mention that after Utah is Joey McGuire, Dave Aranda, Mike Gundy, uh, all back to back to back. I'm just saying, like, to start that out, like, they've got a good run of, of guys who've had success. Yeah, they get a late bye week, so they'll have that in, like, mid-November and only have a couple games after that bye week, I guess, to lick their wounds. But then that still is going to Morgantown and then hosting Utah. So, yeah, that's a pretty tough-looking schedule. I haven't had time to pour through all of these. And like you say, we don't even know who's going to be good or not. I mean, we got a loose idea, but um, as far as how formidable are they really, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, you can have a pretty good – uh, guesstimation on some and so that run of coaches like you said and just the the names there that's a little bit daunting but I also know that there's going to be a lot less travel involved for UCF or at least some less travel so that maybe plays in their hands a little bit but yeah that's that's a tough looking schedule yeah so yeah that was so for TCU number five number f- number four or, yeah. oh you're talking about TCU yeah. shoot my bad I was looking at UCF my yeah. bad yeah. Uh, so they got Arizona and Cincinnati or road trip to Cincinnati to close it out so a couple of the relative newcomers um, but yeah, you're you're right. That stretch there in the first six weeks of uh, UCF, SMU, Kansas, and Houston, and then that second leg of of Utah Tech, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I mean, that's a, that's a good little eight 
games out of nine weeks that'll that'll be interesting for them. Yeah, and again, this is without knowing what the teams are going to be. Look, uh, you know, for all we know, Baylor, Baylor could be bad again, or they could all of a sudden like right. all this could work. Uh, and their you know, trend was down in twenty, up, up, up in twenty one. Looked like they were going to follow it up, but then down in 22, and then when they followed up with last year, that was just now the trend is over. So who knows what it is. Number four, Houston. You know, look, you talk about coaches. The first two they got to play uh, are Barry Odom and Brent Venables. So that's that's pretty good right there. Uh, Look, they lost to Rice last year, and they they play them, obviously. Then here's the, the run of coaches they have. Matt Campbell, Sonny Dykes, by uh, Lance Leipold, Whittingham, Kleiman, back to back to back to back. That is a sledgehammer of coaches, especially that. That's my word, not yours. Yeah, especially in particular after the bye for them when they get Kansas, Utah, Kansas State back to back to back. For a team that's going to be in the first year of a head coach under Willie Fritz, that is a really tough stretch between the byes. Yeah, I'm excited, though, to see Houston with a change at the top. I didn't mind Dana Holgerson just in general following the guy and, and watching him, but I know when he's the head coach of your program, it's a little bit different. And so he, yeah, seemingly worn out his welcome down there in H-Town. And so a lot of excitement about Willie Fritz and what he can do. And obviously the man's got some skins on the wall, and now he's got a bit more to uh, play with in terms of resources and location and, and things like that, being back in the state of Texas. Not that New Orleans was a bad spot, but, uh, you know, being back in Houston is a – is a big deal, I think, with all the familiarity that he has and the options that they'll have down there. So, yeah, uh, that's a it's a fun schedule for year one for Willie Fritz. So I'm very excited to see how quickly he can get that thing strumming along. Yeah, number three, Iowa State. This one's different because they have both their buys are earlier in that their first buy is week number three. Uh, they're the only school that has that uh, in week number three. And, look, they play Iowa right before it, so that's probably good because that game is usually really, really physical. Uh, it's a huge rivalry game. And, look, that's a that's one that they don't usually come out unscathed, uh, no matter how uh, good or bad anyone's offense is. Uh, then what really sticks out to me is even after that first buy, you know, Arkansas State, Houston, Baylor, not – Teams you really know a lot about at West Virginia is going to be tough. UCF could be tough there, but that's in Ames. Then the second buy, it's Tech, Kansas, Cincinnati, Utah, and Kansas State. But the four out of five of those to close the season, again, not knowing what Cincinnati is going to be next year at all, but just assuming that four out of five teams last year were in bowl games and three of those teams in the last couple of years have been very, very good. That is a very tough stretch to end the, end the run for Matt Campbell at that in the season. I mean, based off last year, that first part of the schedule, uh, they should start off pretty well, although Iowa's always a coin flip there with that game. But, yeah, I mean, really the attractive part of that schedule is that third leg of uh, those five games to close the season. I don't know that you love having a bye in week three after Iowa, but it does lead you into um, the fact that you're going to have another bye. I mean, that's that's great. That takes away from it and makes it less painful that you're having one that early, week three. But, um, yeah, that's that's weird, and that does help lead to five straight games to close the season. Now, they won't be alone in that, but most teams have their bye in either the first or second week of November. So they'll be going straight through, and we'll see what kind of shape they're in health-wise. But if they're shaped up pretty well, um, that's going to be a, a potential gauntlet. But they should also be in pretty good shape, I would think. I mean, going to Morgantown – UCF, I mean, we'll see on some of those, but I don't, like, really, I mean, 
feel like Iowa State can't pull those things off. Yeah. So, really, the, the big question marks all come in that last five-week stretch. Uh, and if Cincinnati's good, then that throws a lot of things for a loop because I think everybody's just kind of defaulting and thinking that they're not going to be that that great just based on last year. But if they're they're feisty and good, then that could uh, really make things even that much uh, tougher for everybody. Yeah, the transfer portal changes how you can prognosticate yeah. things because you don't know who they've picked up and gotten rid of that's, like, changed the whole team dynamic to take a team that wasn't very good to one that, look, they don't – a team like Cincinnati doesn't have to be nine and three to be dangerous. If right. they're six and six, they can be dangerous based on last year because they're going to get more wins than they did. So inherently, they're more dangerous than they were a year before. You just hope you're not one of the teams that gets caught in the improvement of Cincinnati or, or a team like that. Same with Baylor. Like you don't know, we don't know what they're going to be. Yeah. But you don't want to be one of the teams that's like, oh, this team won three games last year. Now they've won seven. We're one of the four that they used to improve. Like that's that's where you don't want to be. Number two. BYU. Now, uh, start the season on the road at SMU on a Friday, uh, which is going to be a tough place to play. Uh, at Wyoming, which we've seen can be a black hole for some people uh, when, the, when they go there. Uh, Kansas State at home, but that's not a team you ever really are thrilled about coming in because of the way they play. Uh, they come here to Baylor where they lost the last time they were here, but we'll see about that. It's after the bye that, that, that jumps out at me. Uh, you've got Noah Fafita at Arizona. You've got Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State and a team with Ollie Gordon that's going to come right at you. And then at UCF and KJ Jefferson before finishing out with Arizona, Kansas State, uh, or I'm sorry, Utah, Kansas, Arizona State, and Houston. Now, those last two are kind of, you know, uh, but at Utah, Kansas, those are going to be tough. And where I don't want to play Arizona State. In Jaden Rashada's second year, is probably late in the year. If they start to gel as a team and get confident with some of the players that Kenny Dillingham has brought in there, I would rather play Arizona State early in the season in September and not want to play them in November. Because if you're worried about the upset specials late in the year, I would think Arizona State could be a team that in Kenny Dillingham's second year, weeks 9, 10, 11, and 12 could jump up and bite you. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll see on that. I mean, they've got some potential, but I'm not buying into that just yet. I mean, but you do have to leave room for that possibility. Um, I guess that's better to cross that bridge when we get there because that's so late in the year. That's so far from now. But looking at it on paper, you aren't that worried about it, quite frankly, if you're BYU, even though it's in Tempe. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that second half of the schedule will just depend heavily on how the first half of it started out and how many games you're trying to win to just get to a bowl game uh, after not making one last year after starting off so well. So you definitely want to avoid that. But if they start off well this year, I think it sets up relatively okay for them. I mean, Utah is a game you'd say right now you'd go, that's a loss. Um, you'd say Kansas, you'd probably say that's a loss. But uh, a lot of these other ones, uh, Oklahoma State, I'd probably say that's a loss. But outside of that, in that second half of the schedule, I mean, you never really know because you don't quite, again, know what you're getting. But that first half of schedule at SMU, uh, at Wyoming, K-State at Baylor, three road games in your first five, uh, that will be a stretch where you're going to start off 1-0 and because you're going to beat Southern Illinois. But if you're not freaking careful, man. You go in that first bye, we get like 1-4, and um, which would be insane, but that's entirely possible. So, yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting to watch those first few weeks. And number one for the second year in a row, West Virginia. And that is due in large part because there are only two uh, non-conference games in the entire Big uh, 12 schedule. 
Well, I mean, and feel how you want to about Mississippi State. I'm not trying to to dog them uh, or Nebraska. Again, we're we're still seeing, but the two best non conference games are at Oklahoma for Houston and Penn State at home for West Virginia. Like those are the two kind of jewel games of the of the Big Twelve non con schedule. So West Virginia starts out with Penn State. Look, they have they're at Pitt. Like that rivalry is back, and it'll be, you know, they won it last year. Um, and, and more power to them, but you kind of never know how that, that game's going to go. Kansas, then the bye at Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, at Arizona, at Cincinnati, Baylor, UCF, and Tech to end the season. So of their entire schedule, they only play um, – Four teams that weren't bowl teams last year. All the rest is really, really good. You've got some really good quarterbacks in that stretch. Uh, when you talk about Fafita and Daniels, potentially, uh, K.J. Jefferson, Baron Morton, uh, Avery Johnson, all of that on the schedule there. Plus, they got to play Ollie Gordon. Uh, and they've got to deal with Penn State right off the bat. So a super tough schedule and a rivalry game that is unpredictable every single year. Every single time they play it. Worked out okay last year. I mm-hmm. mean, for all the talk about how tough it was, they managed that just fine in, one, what, eight games and all was said and done, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. I double-check on that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Penn State at the very beginning will be one of, if not the best non-con games for sure. And, uh, like you said, Pittsburgh's always a, a rivalry uh, game of interest, and so that one will have some extra heat on it as well. Um, so, yeah, they'll be pretty well tested, I would think, in the first three weeks of the season heading into Big 12 play. But, um yeah, that's a, that's a team that's got a lot of confidence, I think, going in. I don't know how hot the seat is for Neil Brown this year because last year he was clearly coaching for his job. You know, Pretty much it felt like week to week uh, almost. Not that he was going to get fired midseason, but I, I don't know. If things had gone off the rails pretty badly, maybe he would have just because the heat was turned up so hot. Now it's died down a little bit. And I don't know what the expectations are, except for that they expect to be better because a lot of those guys are coming back. So, yeah, very intrigued by those first couple of non-con games. And I think that'll be able to let us kind of reset our expectations for then what to anticipate from the Mountaineers when Big 12 play hits. But, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the teams that you've got to throw in there when you're talking about contenders. Um, I think that's only fair, and it's it's unfair to, to leave them out based on what we saw last year. I am now getting a headache thinking about having to do the Big 12 media poll. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. But West Virginia. Could be digging ditches. West Virginia, I screwed <laughs> yeah. you last year. Let's Absolutely. go pave roads. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, so thanks to Jack McKenzie. Also, Emery Winter, who's working on 365 Sports for the best segments and interviews that we do every single weeknight. Thanks to our sponsor uh, all across the board. From the time we say hello at 3 o'clock when Garrett hits the open until we say goodnight. Also, Garrett Ross, great stuff as always. Craig Smoke, Paul Catalina, and I'm David Smoke. Thank you for those in the chat, the, the, the text line. Had a couple of those came in today. And those who listen and or You'd maybe watch on Sikkim 365 app. I don't mention that one enough. Until tomorrow, we'll be back. Paul's triple option at 1. Also tomorrow at 3, this show. Still more from Big 12 analyst and maybe AFCA president Craig Bull, former Wyoming coach. I'm David Smoke. Good night. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.